0: So happy new year and welcome back to the business of biotech. I'm Matt Piller and I've decided it fitting that on this, the episode that we officially escaped 2020, uh, we get back together with all around business of biotech guru and straight shooter, Alan Shaw, who you might recall was uh, the guy who helped me frame up the inaugural season of this here podcast back in the spring of 2020. Alan, welcome back to the show.
1: Uh, thanks, Matt. Great to be back. I can't believe how fast time has uh, passed us by.
0: It is. I mean, I, I think it was April that uh, we we started this thing, and uh, it it doesn't seem as though it's that much time has passed. But, you know, I uh, I, I you're my first repeat guest uh, since since we launched this thing in April, and I should let our audience know that uh, you'll be my first, and at this point, my only regularly occurring guest. In the new year. And um, do you have any, Alan, do you have any idea why I'm, I'm inviting you to be my first and only recurring guest in 2021?
1: Uh, it, it must be for my, uh, uh my dynamic personality, my hair, my
0: eyes. Well, I don't know. Very charming. Um, <laughs> yeah. Deva- deva- <laughs> devastatingly handsome. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's because people like to hear your take on things and we learned that, I mean, r- early on, right. We You were, uh, after our trailer, our very first episode, and, um, you're one of our, uh, most downloaded, uh, episodes, uh, from the get we've had, we've had several thousand downloads of the episode that we interviewed you for. So people like to, uh, they like to, they like your take on things and your that first episode with you definitely jacked up our download averages. So before we get into a conversation about what's to come in 2021, and maybe a little bit about what happened in 2020, um, I have my assumptions about why, um, why that episode did so well. But what's your what's your take? What do you why do you suppose people are so interested in, in your take on the space?
1: It's, it's, an, it's an it's an interesting question. And, uh, you know, certainly one that I, I ask myself a little bit. And, you know, I think I'd say in one respect in society, everyone has ADD. And, you know, I felt like we were a little bit speed dating as in that first episode. You know, we covered a lot of interesting topics. Uh, we covered them very quickly. And, and so I think it was a lot, allowed people to digest them uh, and move on to the other one. So if you're looking at something that was some that orientates you to the, the business of biotech and, and, and gets people out of a little bit of their functional silos, I think it, it certainly was was helpful in that in that regard. Um yeah. Would be my my general general sense.
0: Yeah, you know, um, and one of the things that I like to do with, with if you've been listening to the show at all, uh, you, you recognize that I like to I like to kind of frame up who my guests are uh, when we get into the before we get into the conversations. Um, you you're you're sort of a difficult one to to frame up because you're uh, you know you, you I don't know I don't know if Renaissance man's the right term, but I, I want to ask I want to frame the question to you this way to help our audience understand your role. Kind of on the landscape of biotech. You're you're at let's say you're at J.P. Morgan back when there was a J.P. Morgan uh, to be at, and you're in an elevator, and uh, a stranger in a good suit asks you, "Who are you, and what do you do for a living? What's what's your role in the space? Uh, how do you respond to that?"
1: Yeah, it's, it's a good question. So in my uh, elevator speech, you know, I, I, I typically indicate that. I'm a, I'm, I'm a financial, really a pharmaceutical, a biopharmaceutical executive. I think that's really the box I'd like to view myself in. Uh, having been a, a um, public company CFO uh, for multiple companies over the years, you know, I'd like to think that I've evolved beyond the typical uh, CFO or, or financial um advisor. And I think the folks that I work with do view me as a business advisor. They view me much more expansive than that. You know, I'm, I'm strategic in nature. I understand the, um, the, um, the, the really the different pieces of the puzzle that come together uh, strategically, operationally, uh, tactically, internationally. And I've certainly seen things from a, a wide array. I've been in big biotechs like Sorona when they were the third largest biotech company in the world. More more uh, more recently at Syndax, a clinical stage oncology company that we helped take public several years ago. So I've been in I've been in entrepreneurial setups. I've been in very large uh, organizations as well. So, you know, also, you know, what good looks like, you know, if you don't know what good looks like, it's hard to get there. Uh, So it's really important to understand that. And, but also understanding, you know, what, what makes biotech exciting. It's the entrepreneurialness. It's the ability not to be encumbered by, by a lot of process. You need control, you need transparency and you need to be very thoughtful. You know, I think there's a lot of people that make a lot of mistakes. And I think the landscape is 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 littered with that, yeah. so you know I, I think being able to understand that and you know and and also because of that, I think it gives me a perspective of being able to call b s on things you know uh there there's a lot of people shoveling stuff out there and yeah. not, and not and not necessarily purposefully I, I would characterize it as naively. <laughs> uh, people just don't know what they don't know. And they're overinformed by academia. They're overinformed by the, the punch that they're drinking, you know, and, and people don't necessarily look outside their four walls. And, and I, I, I certainly think because of the breadth and depth of my experience, you know, I, I, I certainly, I think, can serve in a lot of different ways. You know, I think that's pr- I think your observation is interesting. You know, I think when I've talked to executive recruiters in the past, because of that, I've never neatly fit in a box, you know, in this world, everyone likes to put you into a box and, you know, um, going back to your earlier observations, you know, it's, I guess you just have to draw a big box for me.
0: (laughs) (laughs) What is that? What does that box entail right now? Tell tell me, uh, catch me up on the the projects you're working on. I read, um, I think I I just read recently that you sign on with, uh, well, depending on your, uh, I, I guess your geographic area, it's either Portage or Portage, maybe if you're French Canadian uh, in the CFO capacity. Tell us about that and what else you're working on of late. No, nah,
1: cer- certainly. Uh, I often like the quip that if you know if you buy the stock, you can call it whatever you want. <laughs> uh, <laughs> And so, you know, I, I think I generally refer to it as portage uh, biotech. And, and that's one of, uh, I guess, of my uh, portfolio of activities that I currently um, involved with. Uh, that, that one's a very interesting one. It's a um, publicly traded company on the uh, Canadian Stock Exchange. Um, and it's got a really great pedigree group of people, Um and uh, they, they, I, I would characterize them today as a little bit of a mushroom. They've been covered in the dark and, um, and not really on the landscape. And that's for a lot of different reasons and certainly can get into it uh, more, more specifically. But it's a, it's a pedigree team of developers who, who've really seen it, done it. They were the creators of Biohaven, which has clearly made a lot of money for people. I think their original investment of $7, $7 million uh, yielded, uh, in terms of what they divoted out, about $700 million to the original um investors on that you know certainly better than a poke in the eye yeah and uh and right now they're they're completely focused on uh immuno-oncology and yeah and like like everybody right i mean uh, you know i would say that there's a lot of uh oncology fatigue in the landscape uh there's just a lot of people doing it and and you have to ask what their angle is and what their edge is you know in terms of portage they they have an edge um the Basically, the folks leading that went up was the old BMS IO uh, development team. These are the guys that were involved with getting up Devo, Uribea approved, they did the Metarex acquisition. And they have a really, really, really thoughtful approach to, to uh, development. Uh, Very risk adjusted. You know, you used one experiment to inform the other and you don't put any more money into it until you've demonstrated uh, progress and and satisfied the certain questions that need to be answered. You know, I think a lot of times people conduct studies and they ask and they don't um, um, necessarily know why they're doing the experiment. You know, yeah. what are the answers that you're looking to, uh, the, what questions are you looking to answer? So, uh, you know, they, they've they been incredibly capital efficient with their development. And, you know, I recently joined them because I thought there was an opportunity to really shine a light on this thing, to expand the investor base, you know, to up uplift them to, uh, to an exchange such as NASDAQ, and, and to really start to be able to... Um, lower our cost of capital, because I think really one of the gating factors on this company has been its access to capital. And I think if we can get that down cost effectively, uh, the CEO over there has an, uh, a really an uncanny ability to access really, really, uh, interesting focused, uh, programs. And it's really based on the knowledge that they developed, you know, o- over the years. So that that's, that's a company that I'm pretty jazzed about and, yeah. and why I got involved with them. I'm also, um, involved with a company called Cronomics, also serves their CFO. That's an RNAI company. Uh, Clearly one of the modalities of the day, um, without question. And, and, you know, my perspective on that is that, you know, similar to the antibody phenomenon that we saw, you know, a decade or so ago, you know, at the end of the day, really it didn't matter who you were, all those guys won. And I think RNAI, uh, is gonna be similar to that. We're seeing that in terms of the life cycle management shift in pharma, the deals are clearly there that that speak to it. Um, you know, it's, it's much more targeted in terms of delivery. Uh, it's clean, arguably cleaner. Uh, you know, right now it's prim- been primarily focused on often diseases, but I think, you know, we're really in the first inning. You know, RNAi is actually one of my favorite um, illustrations of new modalities and, and and the excitement associated with them, as well as the uh, the peaks and troughs with their development. There's a lot of ups and downs. You know, if you look back, RNAI was was highly heralded 20 years ago, yeah. and everybody stood up and clapped and excited, and people and all of big farmer embraced it, only to unembrace it. Uh, And and it's a real credit to Alnylam in terms of their perseverance and their their ability to really be able to uh, uh, um, find Galnac and and develop the delivery to the apatocyte, which has been great. But you're, you're right now, the disease focus is only limited to your ability to deliver to that one cell type in the liver. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if you think about it, if you can come up with additional deliveries, uh, approaches to delivery, you know, that's a game changer in terms of the uh, therapeutic utility uh, uh, and the promise of RNAi. What attracted me uh, in in respect to Sonomics is that they 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 have multiple approaches to delivery. So they have a GALNAC approach. They have what, what I would characterize potentially as a next generation approach that can go beyond the apatocyte. Um, and, and they've got airway, uh, you know, messenger, messenger RNAI uh, opportunities to leverage the technology too. So there's a lot of different ways to win. And so I've been fo- focused on helping them out as well. And they've recently raised $100 million um, on our, on a private round of financing. And you know clearly the markets are very hot. I would say there's a lot of momentum investing, and I think you've seen that through the pull through of all the IPOs that have occurred this year. You know, um, and Stronomics and, and is no different. You know, and that's certainly something that we're preparing to do. And I think we're looking at a Hong Kong IPO um, in in the future. You know, I think that's where that where where you know, as long as the ducks are quacking. You know, we will feed them, um, you know, and, and and right now the markets are very happy. And with the promise of of, of low interest rates and, and, and liquidity uh, for the foreseeable, it looks like this party is going to continue, notwithstanding the fact we're approaching a nearly a decade of this. And that, in fact, is scary because, you know, that, you know, it's inevitable, you know, mm-hmm. like even a broken clock is right twice, twice a day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: Yeah, that's a good one. We, uh, yeah, it's, uh, the, the markets are are certainly interesting. And I, I, I want to talk about, uh, I want to talk about the impact of, you know, maybe may overstated, but the impact of, of, of the pandemic on on the markets in 2020 and moving forward into 2021. I don't even know where you begin with that, right? Like if we look back at, uh, we look back at, uh, try, to, try to recap 2020, where do you start? I mean, it's <laughs> where do you even start?
1: um you know you know it, it's interesting when we were talking earlier you know you talked about well it's been nine months since uh, you know uh, since April but yeah. you know that that's in human years you know how about I think dog years might be in a more more appropriate way to do, define and measure what what 2020 was like I mean it's 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 one of those years that well, it, it's like the uh, the plague in the Renaissance period, right? I mean, that that defined history. That 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 was a seminal moment that just really changed the trajectory of of a lot of different things. Mm-hmm. You know, it. You know, in terms of twenty twenty, you know, from my perspective, it, there's been a lot of pay- dislocation. Uh, no, no question about it, uh, and it's not been equally shared in terms of the dislocation. Uh, you know, I think as far as uh, our industry's concerned, I, I, I would say that the impact has been, uh, we, we probably done a lot better than a lot of other folks. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Minimal. I think there's been delays uh, in a lot of studies um, in a lot of, in a lot of respects, but, you know, I think, you know, from a, a and, and supply chain issues in terms of manufacturing, you know, it def, 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 definitely has had its impact. No ifs, ands, and buts. But I, I think in terms of the fundamentals, they're all intact. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, there's been paradigm shifts that are going to wipe out industries as, as we know them. I mean, just as a, as a side comment, my uh, the person that I, I'm involved with getting my clothing uh, sometimes reached out to me during the summer. You know, I think about it. They, they've they been completely school crushed yeah. and I, and my comment to him was i you know great to hear from you i hope things are well but candidly i've i've enjoyed working in my bathing suit uh, sure. <laughs> um yeah but, but i think you know seriously our, our industry has has is, is well positioned and and overall and i think it's changed the way we operate uh fundamentally you know i think we uh if you think about all the efficiency gained from from the pandemic, you know I'm not commuting, I'm not traveling. If I have a board meeting in China, I can have dinner with my family and then go upstairs and and, and, and attend the meeting and 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 still continue to work as opposed to spending three days um, getting to the meeting and back again. So you know there there's a, I, um, also a team building. Uh, you know I, I think this is really 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 important because I think we are. Going back to my comment earlier about paradigm shifts, I think fundamentally the way we work has changed. Uh, um, And I think that that's an an opportunity. It it creates challenges, too. Uh, A lot of challenges in terms of how do you maintain connectivity? How do you keep everybody on the same page, rowing in the same direction? Much easier said than done.
0: Sure, yeah, we saw that this morning when I, I we, we sent you a microphone and we spent 20 minutes trying to get our, our audio squared <laughs> away right for, the, for this call. You uh, you know you mentioned the fundamental change. Um, how much of the, how much of the change that you that we've seen, I guess in the last 9, 10, 12 months, do you anticipate will, will stick? What will stick and what will kind of revert back to pre you know pre COVID days?
1: um no it's an it's a really an interesting question you know i, I think what what i perceive will be a, a positive will be is that there's going to be probably a little bit more or less emphasis of people having to work or live in a zip code area of a, of a company mm-hmm. uh and i think from from a uh uh, team building perspective, that's great. You know, you're now no longer limited to fishing in a smaller pond. You've got, now got a much larger pond to draw the best talent possible. Uh, so I think that, that, that's a game changer. I think, you know, the idea of people having to have these long commutes, you know, I think will be much more palatable. Um, so, that, you know, it'll be interesting in terms of how this deals with some of the, what, what I would call uh, the biotech uh, centers, You know, um, particularly when you look at places like Cambridge that are over, overbought, oversold, uh, and, and, you know, if you're spending money developing drugs, do you want to spend your money on rent, uh, I don't think so. You yeah. know, my general view is you want to minimize your overhead and your money should be spent on value creating activities. Mm-hmm. So I, I think there will be an opportunity uh, for people to be able to be a lot more capital efficient in their development uh, as a consequence of this. Yeah.
0: You're, uh, you're, you're, I, I've picked up on, you know, part of your sort of MO as, as a CFO is uh, revolves around uh, conservatism. You know, capital efficiency—it's uh, a—it's re- a recurring theme in in conversation with you. Um, so, so tell us, tell t- t- tell us, given that the markets are healthy right now, the you know the, the PR machine is, is like probably better than it's than it's ever been, at least in a long long time for for biopharmas, given their you know our role in in addressing a global health emergency, um, the money's flowing. Is it difficult? Step back and look at the industry on the whole. Is it difficult for for biopharmas to embrace that 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 conservatism, that, that capital efficiency message and, and live it, you know, carry it out?
1: Um, it's an interesting question, and I'd say there's a lot of dynamics that influence mm. uh, how people approach that. Um, you know, some people approach their money as if it's their, their bar mitzvah gifts and they, they, they're very f- incredibly frugal about it. And, yeah. and, you know, and there's, and there's, there's a benefit in, in terms of how you approach that. And, you know, at, at the end of the day, you want to be very gated and thoughtful and calculate on how you spend. But on the flip side, the compromise part of it is if you don't spend, you're not executing and you're not creating value. And time is the enemy. So that that's that's the tension there. And I I would say that going back to your question in terms of responsiveness, in terms of companies, um, again, it's situational based, you know, there's going back to time. A lot of times, people, because of the interest of time, I think some things are not necessary all the eyes aren't dotted, T's aren't already always crossed. and 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 what I would call you know uh, validating experiments are sometimes not always done in the interest of being very rushed, or you may not have optimized your your dosing appropriately, so you might have something that might work. But from a commercial perspective, you know, it hasn't been optimized. So I think those are different ways, you know, in terms of approach, because of um, macro demands, micro demands on a company, financing considerations, board pressures. You know, people's response to how they approach those those considerations are different. Um, so it's it's not really a one size fits fits all in terms of that, uh, you know, what, what I, what I, what I, you know, what I try to do is try to help people get to that conclusion. You know, it's helpful if it's a consensual conclusion as opposed to, a a, a more of a a debate, you know, those, those aren't always, they can be constructive, but, um, and, but you don't really, you know, and if and if people make decisions, that's great, too. You know, it's it's very simple, too. You know, as long as people are making their decisions with their eyes wide open.
0: Yeah. How know, much- and,
1: and I consider that risk management. And, you know, I, and, and as long as people understand what the decisions that they're making, the consequences of their decisions, you know, we're all big boys and girls. But I, I think it's about being making decisions, being in, making informed decisions, Right. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of decisions that are made that are, are, are uninformed. And, and my, my focus is really helping people make informed decisions. You yeah. can't you can lead a horse to water, you can't make
0: them drink. The business of biotech is brought to you in partnership with Saitiva. Together, we're committed to helping the leaders of new and emerging biopharma companies navigate the financial, organizational, human resources, and regulatory waters you'll encounter on your way from discovery to the clinic and beyond. Check out a host of useful resources for biotech leaders at Cytiva's Emerging Biotech Accelerator at CytivaLifeSciences.com backslash Emerging Biotech. That's C-Y-T-I-V-A LifeSciences.com backslash Emerging Biotech. How much? Uh, how much? Uh, I guess analysis do you do typically before engaging in a contractual or, or otherwise uh, relationship with a company? Um, how much? How much analysis do you do around the the, the potential for a, a cultural fit w- with your mentality on that? Like, do you are, are you real careful before you jump into a an engagement to make sure that there's not going to be too much conflict in terms of your sort of financial rationale?
1: Uh, it's, a, it's an interesting question. You know, I, I, in terms of, you know, that philosophy, you know, you, you try to fill people up. I, I don't know if I've ever really thought about how my philosophy aligns with the, those people per se. Mm-hmm. But, uh, I, you know, to me, it's more about the fit, the chemistry. Are they open? Are they aware of what they're, what they know and what they don't know? Yeah. because you know from my my perspective you know a better fit for me is working with people that are much more scientifically and medically oriented who the business side is a little bit more of a blind spot to them and that yeah. they're they're aware of that and they're looking for people to round out their organization in order to get more more thought leadership at the table more strategic thinking and and, and a lot of them too you know I guess one thing that's an interesting dynamic is that there's a lot of yes people in this world. Mm-hmm. Uh and, and yes people, I'd say the plurality of people, are yes people. Uh, and I always free thinking and if they're free thinking they will not express their their thoughts on that because it's it's not it's dangerous. It's risky. Uh, and it puts them at risk. And you know, I, I remember times where I've been in executive management meetings, and people have commented that you know, uh, that you know, last person that said that isn't here anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or, or when you when you say something that's provocative, and you look around to see if anybody's going to join in in the conversation, and most people have their heads down between their legs under the table. Yeah. You know, it's uh, it's, and, and I'd say large. Large companies, particularly Big Pharma, I think does have a lot of um, that, that mentality. And I would even say in, in biotech that there's a lot of yes people in there who will just follow orders blindlessly and not, not, not challenge it. So, you know, from my, my, my perspective, it's a fit. You know, does it fit? Is there a need? Do they recognize there's a need? Yeah. Do they recognize they have blind spots? And are they just open yeah, And I think that the second last part of that is communication, because you need to be able to have effective communication to work together and, and respect. And th- those are the things fundamentally that I I, I look at. And, and then once I get that, the other part is the story. Right. What are the business fundamentals? Mm-hmm. And, and, and I, you know, and what I like and coming back to a little bit about big box that we were talking about, you know, I'm involved with immuno-oncology. I'm involved with RNAI. Uh, therapeutics. I'm involved with cell and gene therapy. You know, I I would say if you're looking where investment dollars are going these days uh, in terms of therapeutic modalities, it's, it's fundamentally concentrated in those areas. You probably often diseases would be the next, next patch to tack onto that. But then I think you're done. (laughs) Um, So, you know, from that, that gives you great breadth and depth and gives you a lot of um, perspective um, and, and you know, you're getting three times the, uh, the, you know, uh, informational flow. So you're getting a lot to learn from in terms of what's working, what's not working, sure. the mistakes that are made, because I think making mistakes are fundamental to learning as long as you make them once. Um, and I like learning from other people's mistakes and there's a lot of them to learn from, Yeah. Uh, and to me, that's the shortest distance between two points is a shortcut. So if you can learn from other people's mistakes, think about all the time that you've gained um, at yeah. the end of the day. And, and it also increases your relevancy. So when you're dealing with bankers, you're dealing with lawyers, you're dealing with investor relations, you're dealing with investors, you know, you're just in, in the flow. And, and I think all of that feeds on itself. And maybe yeah. part of that also goes back to answering some of the questions that you posed to me earlier.
0: Yeah. What the- <laughs> <laughs> I want to get into uh, into some of those modalities as well because um, it kind of jibes with what we're doing with this podcast heading into into the new year. But um, before we do that, what so if you if you look at a, a new emerging, you know, let's say preclinical to early early clinical stage biotech, is there a is there a, I guess um, an understood phase? Or, or a particular uh, stage in the company life cycle where it makes the most or better sense to bring Alan Shaw or an Alan Shaw-like persona on board?
1: It's, uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a great question. Uh, it's a really good question. And, and I, I would say the answer would, would be sooner than later would be my general advice because there's a lot, of, a lot of times things are overlooked. Going back to some of the things that are said, uh, you know, there's just things that are overlooked uh, and, and, you, and it costs you time. It costs you money and, and, and neither one of those you get back. Yeah. So, you know, uh, so bringing somebody on and, and, and it's kind of akin to, you know, some people like can't afford the cow, but, you know, you can, you can certainly buy a steak and, and I think you know that that that's sometimes all that's required at the beginning. You yeah. know, kind of going back to the box. You know, more of a, an advisor uh, to help you with some of your capital formation, thinking about your resource allocation. You know, the prioritizations there, um, and, and help you leverage your your own abilities uh, because you know it's, you don't want the Wizard of Oz. You know, who's the man man or girl behind the curtain? So you you know you do need some of that. So you know. What I what I, I generally advise or coach is that you know somebody like I could potentially come in, uh, at, you know, on some sort of stake basis, you know, a slice of me, and uh, and then what you can do, but what you need to do is you need to make sure that your trains are, the trains are running. So you know, then I think there's a lot of cost-effective um, ways to keep the the, the, the trains running, the, the the bills getting paid, and then ultimately, you know, some level of books and records you want to know you know how you are doing against plan and not a lot you know again going back to my earlier comment you don't want to spend a lot of money on overhead uh that's not where the value gets uh generated at the end of the day but you you do want to have it so it's you know it's it's somewhat um reasonable and then as as things evolve you can make it more sophisticated as, as, as needed you know um the interesting thing is, you know, my model, a lot of it is a lot of people I, I think I'm working with, it's kind of a, a, a rent to own. So there, there's a day of reckoning, I guess. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you can only take so much before you got to make the big decision, right? <laughs> uh, absolutely.
1: Ab- absolutely. Yeah. But it, it does give you what I, I would call the ultimate in, in, in optionality yeah. um, in terms of, you know, de-risking. And it's an interesting question, one that comes up at home. You know, do you want to go in-house for one company or do you continue doing what you're doing? And, you know, and I, I would say my fiduciary responsibility rests with my my family, my personal stakeholders. Mm-hmm. And, and so therefore, you know, never say never. I would just say the bar is certainly higher if I was to go into a uh, a permanent operating role, whatever that role might be. And I don't know if CFO would be what I would, you know, maybe I would raise the bar on that if I was to consider that. But, uh, you know, I would say that on the, Divert. on the other side i like having a portfolio of activities when you consider the industrial jeopardies, uh not ha- you know and you see how well others do with a portfolio approach it's time tested yeah. you know, it's it's i, I like um, not having all my eggs in one basket and continuing to collect lottery tickets you know you only need one to win sure yeah <laughs> yeah
0: no and one of those baskets that you you referenced uh, a, a little bit ago was was Sal and Jean as being a you know a pretty hot area and that's a, a good good pivot point for us because we're uh, we're going to spend the next several episodes between now and the next time you and I talk um, on a, a business of biotech cell and gene miniseries. I've invited our chief editor of our uh, cell and gene site, Aaron Harris, to join me co-hosting this the and gene miniseries. We're going to spend our time talking with the CEOs of some pretty exciting Cell and gene companies like Orchard Therapeutics and Lineage Cell Therapeutics and uh, Axovant, which is now Cyto uh, Ther- uh, Cell and Gene Therapies, I think they're called now, um, and more—a uh, bunch of these companies. So, <clears throat> what's your take? You know, you mentioned it as as being among the modalities that uh, you know you consider hot right now. What's your take on that space in 2021, cell and gene, and beyond? Where's that going?
1: It is, uh, you know, we entered, you know, entered 2020 with a lot of promise and uh, expectation in that valuations were really high. There were a lot of takeouts. Um, and, 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 and I think, you know, coming out of Ash, you know, there was a lot of encouraging data that came out of that. Uh, certain companies did really, really, really well. I'm kicking myself in the head for not executing on the buys that I wanted to make. Um, but, but putting that aside, um, it's, 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 the promise is fantastic. Um, I'd say that, that there's a lot of what, what's not appreciated is some of the, uh, execution challenges related to it. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, particularly in the manufacturing side, I, I, I think people fail to appreciate that gene and cell, gene and cell therapy is really an engineering exercise and it's all about the manufacturing, uh, at the end of the day. And the cost on that is, is ridiculous, uh, you know? So, you know, it, it changed, you know, on one hand, what everyone's embraced, you know, um, oncology, you and, and particularly often indications because it's so capital efficient uh, and quick to get to market. Yep. Um, and On the other hand, I, I would say that gene and cell therapy is the antithesis of, of that, of that model. And it's, you know, it's it's very capital intensive. And I think it's going to be harder for folks to, you know, I don't think you have as many shots on goal you yeah. know you know you you know, you, 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 you got to pick you got to pick very wisely because you know if you don't get it the first couple of times I'm not sure how many more folks are going to fund you coming back to the well so I think you are really 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 going back I think you really really need to de-risk your manufacturing and, and those earlier processes to improve your probability of success and I think there's a lot of things you can do to improve your cost area, you know, in terms of your approach, uh, but that's all another day, you know, in terms of your, your vectors and your platform technology and your promoters. I think there's things that can make things scalable if you think about them more in component parts. And, and I think partnering with CDMO is really important. And I think there's a fundamental question about whether or not you need to own the manufacturing yourself, or at least earlier on in a pilot area to help mm-hmm. again, manage some of those costs and some of those risks and it's still emerging. It's still early days, but you you could, you could see in the landscape that there's certain companies that I think are are doing a much better job of that versus, versus other companies at the end of the day. And, And the other thing that's I have a more question. I'd say there's more questions than answers. You know, I'd also say platform technology, you know, it, it's, it's evolving, you know, are you making bets on AAV or are you moving into next generation? Um, so, you know, it's to be told. And, and, you know, I'd say that's one question. And I think the other question is there's still a little bit of it's still evolving in terms of the commercial side. You know, these are very, very, very expensive treatments. And, and I and I guess I, um, I. You know, until you can demonstrate the durability and, and the fact that these are typically one and done type of uh, treatments, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, I think there's going to have to be a lot. I mean, it raises questions of whether or not people are going to jump in the pool right away. You know, it's like software. You know, whenever Microsoft comes up with something, I was never the first one to try their software. You know, uh, you got to let let it work its way through. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Um, You know, so so not, not dissimilar in 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 that in that regard either and i think the other part is that i think there's going to have to be some risk sharing you know i think the model for reimbursement on gene th- on, on expensive therapies like that but certainly i think gene therapy when you're talking about millions of dollars is going to have to be some sort of subscription Level of, uh, of payment, you know, you get tested, you got to demonstrate the durability and then you get paid. And, and I, and, you know, you also have to work that out with insurance companies too, because of, you know, the portability of insurance, you know, because of the way we administer insurance, that becomes very sticky. So you need to figure, and, and, and I think that's Again, I think the subscription model is the only way you're going to get around that, because who is going to pay if people are going to turn their insurance over, you know, every three to five years, you know, similar to employment uh, turnover rates? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, why would somebody shell out two million dollars today to cure you, hopefully, when the benefit's going to be to other people over time? Right. So, you need to you need to that's why i think a subscription model is really the only way to go on that and you still got to figure out how you, how you pass the baton so when you uh change insurance this guy knows you're coming with an insurance liability of, of x y and z
0: right
1: uh you know sorry uh we're we're, we're closed today
0: <laughs> yeah yeah that's yeah that's some significant liability there for sure yeah, uh,
1: yeah. so th- those those are those are some of the you know Uh, 30,000 feet uh, thoughts about the sector. Again, guess exciting. But Mm -hmm. going back to what I said earlier about RNAi, it took us 20 years to get there. And we're in the backwaters of of biotech development for for, forever. Uh, Persona in grata, you know, Merck exited, Roche exited, you know, if you look at it, it'd be funny. You could almost right draw a circle in terms of how these companies have gone 360. Mm -hmm. So, you know, gene therapy did have issues 20 years ago too. Uh, this is really gene therapy tool 2.0, but I think we're still in the early innings. Yeah. Uh, but the promise is, is, is fantastic. And I, I think also strategically, you know, I think Big Pharma is really thinking about, you know, where they fit in on all of this. And if you, if you observe what they're doing, they're not developing it in house for all intents and purposes, they're buying into it. And I think that was what we saw at the beginning of the year and uh, i would anticipate we'll see that again i think right now people are probably looking for some of these programs to be a little bit more de-risked mm-hmm. but you know i think something you know some of the companies uh, like rocket pharmaceuticals is in my view is, is crushing it and they've taken a very interesting approach you know they haven't really embraced the platform they've been very agnostic in terms of that so i think that that's it doesn't box you in yeah. and um and they, they've started to invest in manufacturing so you know i, I i've um uh, yeah. I have a lot of respect for what Garab is doing over there.
0: Yeah, he's uh, a yeah, good plug. There, he's one of my one of my early guests on the podcast. Looking forward to having him back. Uh, very cool. Yeah, very good cool. interview. Um, all right, we need to start wrapping things up here, uh, Alan. But uh, I want to I want to get your take. You know, it's funny you think about. It we're kicking the year off with this episode and we're talking about, you know, reflecting on 2020, looking forward to 2021, as if some magical door is going to close behind us and 2020 will be forever left in the dust. Yeah, there are a lot of things changing. We've got political change. We've got, you know, the vaccine is is, is here now. There are, you know, some sort of clear, uh, I guess, maybe endpoints and, and new beginnings heading into the year. Um, but at the same time, a lot of the You know, skeletons in the closet from 2020 are going to follow us into the new year. With that kind of in mind, as we make this at least calendar progression happen, what should pre and early stage clinical founders be most excited about for biotech in 2021? And what should they be most worried about?
1: No, that is, it's a, it's a good question. Good question. You know, I, I think, uh, you know, you're, you're right. There's no magic switch. You know, we're going to wake up on January one and may, maybe we'll be a little lightheaded, but other than that, no changes. Yeah. Um, I, 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 I would say, you know, it's, I think what's different is that in going into 2021, we effectively had the, the rug pulled out from under all of us. Uh, It was incredibly abrupt and it was uh, uh, with, Significant force. Uh, I would say going into 2021, I think we have our eyes wide open. I think we uh, we understand how business is now conducted. Uh, whatever the new norm is going to be, you know, I think from a fundamental perspective, 2021 is is going to be. St- I think more similar to 2020, but it's going to be at least there. I think there's green shoots. I think there's, there's a light at the end of the tunnel. You know, I think there's a lot of questions ahead of us in terms of how the vaccination process is all going to fundamentally Play out in reality, yeah. um, but but you know there's a lot of reasons to be incredibly encouraged uh, and and excited. And I think more specifically to your question about CEOs and folks is that the capital markets are, are 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 flooded with liquidity, and there's really a great time to to, to f- f- um, fund your businesses and, and capitalize them appropriately. And and this might be really an interesting time to you know take what you don't just take what you need. You know, I think people always take what they just need and you never, never anticipate that the, the spigot's going to be shut off, but you know, these things come with, with as, as much quickness, you know, you know, right now, everything is premised on, on no, no zero inflation. You know, if there's some, if inflation forever reason spikes up and there's an inflation scare, that's, that's going to cause, that's going to, Cause people to sit up in their chairs, so you know. I think you got You got to move quickly and expeditiously to get your capital. Uh, but the, you know, I, that that's something I'd be really, really excited about, um, for sure. But I'd also also uh, coach you guys, counsel on the fact that there's also an incredible number of people out there with their hands out, you know, and 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 therefore to be able to differentiate yourself uh, is, is, and demonstrates your competitive edge, you know, that, that is the most incredible thing. And, and, expl- and answer two fundamental questions, why somebody should invest in you and why now, yeah. you know, th- those, those are critical. And, you know, you only got, you know, your, your initial introduction and going back to what I said, everyone's got ADD. So you want to make it snappy, you want to make it crisp and you want to make it impactful.
0: Yeah. Yeah, cool. What are you? Uh, what are you personally most excited about? B- beyond uh, spring rolling around again and getting back on the back on the beach and a surf rod back in your hands, <laughs> what are you most? What are you most excited about in twenty twenty one?
1: You know, um, I, I think I think the backdrop is really good and it's really exciting. So I think there's going to be a lot more partnerships. I think there's going to be a lot more M and A out there, and I think that all bodes well because those exits put more money back into the system. And, 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 and with that, um, I think, you know, it kind of, kind of refuels, you know, uh, what, what people are doing. You know, I, you know from, in terms of some of the companies that I'm, I'm involved with, you know, I'm looking forward to them to continue to uh, raise their visibility, to continue to uh, expand their, their investor base, and really continuing to unlock value. Uh, on a number of different fronts, and, and it 's all about at the end of the day it's all about patients. and if you we, we can help accelerate the development of, of meaningful uh, therapeutics that can really help improve the um, the uh, the quality of life for for folks, then uh, I consider that a super win because all of those things ultimately manifest in, in value creation for everybody yeah. um, it's perfect alignment doing good yeah. by doing good
0: awesome. You know we could uh, we could go on for hours, Alan. I feel like we could talk for hours, but this isn't the this isn't the Joe Rogan experience. So I (laughs) I haven't (laughs) we we haven't tested the uh, we haven't tested the 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 capacity of our audience to to listen to a three hour podcast. So we're gonna have to wrap things up and uh, and revisit in a few weeks. But uh, as as always, thanks for coming on. I'm looking forward to our next chat.
1: Now, absolutely this this was fun, uh, and I I look forward to. the next the next episode definitely to be continued.
0: Yep, sounds good. We'll reflect on uh, our, our post-selling gene mini series. C- you can reflect on the on the mistakes and the victories of our uh, of our guests over the course of the next few weeks. So,
1: awesome. Sounds like a plan.
0: So that's Alan Shaw. I'm Matt Piller, and this is the business of biotech. We're produced by BioProcess Online in partnership with Cytiva. Cytiva is as dedicated to supporting new and emerging biopharmas as we are. And they prove it with an incredible set of resources for biopharma leaders at Cytiva.com backslash emerging biotech. That's C-Y-T-I-V-A.com backslash emerging biotech. Go check that out. Visit us at bioprocessonline.com and please sign up for my newsletter while you're there. In the meantime, if you like what you heard today, give us five stars. Thanks for listening.